following his extraordinary Olympia win, Generation Iron reported that Big Rami joined Enhanced Labs. After years of covering Enhanced, it came no surprise to me that the world champion would choose them as their new home. Enhanced Labs, they provide something different. Formulas are backed by science, ensured maximum dosing, and a real proven track record for serious athletes looking for real progress, whether natty or not. It's time to start taking your bodybuilding supplements to the next level, just like your training. Visit Enhanced Labs at getenhanced.shop and use promo code GENIRON, that's G-E-N-I-R-O-N, for 15% off your next order. That's getenhanced.shop, S-H-O-P. Enhanced Labs, home of Big Rami, for a reason. Welcome to the Generation Iron Podcast. Featuring the biggest names in bodybuilding, fitness, combat, and strength sports world. If you want to be a bodybuilding champion, it takes hours and hours every day of being dedicated and being passionate about it. As your boy here, Kai Green, a.k.a. Mr. Getting It Done. Yeah, Tune in to the GI exclusives on the Generation Iron Airwaves. What's up, GI Nation? This is Vlad, and we're back to the Generation Iron Podcast. Today, we're going to talk to a very interesting guy. I met him um, a couple of years ago. He came by the office, and he had so much energy that it was just, um, it was crazy. He was, he was telling me about his life, um, and it was talking so loud that everybody from the office was trying to come to my office and see what, what was going on because he was so energetic. Um, he has been extremely successful over the last few years uh, because of his social media. Um, he's very entertaining. He always brings so much raw energy that people always uh, react in a way that's, you know, very real, you know, to his, uh, to his comedy skits, his bodybuilding skits, and everything in between. And recently he got into boxing, so he's getting ready for a pro boxing event, um, and he might be on a very big card soon. Um, and I'm very happy that I got a chance to meet him early on in his career because he's definitely been blowing up and taking over the industry. So welcome to the podcast, NDO Champ. Congratulate you on all your all your progress, man. I remember we met like three years ago. You were just starting out, and the three years yeah. the journey for you, man. You've been everywhere, uh, especially recently, man. Everywhere. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I remember when I pulled up in the office. <laughs> 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 uh, 2017. Yeah, I think like yeah. 17. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I'm really happy to see all your success, man. Because you know you're you're a hard worker, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. So, so what's, been, absolutely, so what's been happening with you in a, in a, just, just, this, just this year, man? How you, how you been? How's everything going with your family? You know, and how's your yeah. business going? Yo, this year, you know I me. Mean? This year, everything started great, man. Everything started great. Signed a new contract. I signed a new contract with BPI Sport mm-hmm. in like January. Everything was great, man. Moving, traveling. I was part of the um, the campaign with uh, with the guy Andrew Yank. You know, what I'm saying helping sponsored by the campaign. So we was moving this year until COVID came. I went to the Arnold, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know I mean, meeting with everybody in the background, Steve and all the, all the judges were looking at me like, yo, champ, you know, champ, uh, we're proud of you, what you bring into the fitness game. You're changing the fitness game with the energy, making people want to watch fitness more, bodybuilding more, cause you, you know what I'm saying? Your energy making yeah. everybody want to work harder. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And stuff like that before the COVID came. 
and um, family, everybody doing great, bro. So, um, you, cause I mean, I remember when you first got in the scene, right? You were more like an entertainer, right? But then you started taking bodybuilding very seriously. And you really wanted to, you wanted to become a pro, right? Tell me about that, that transition you wanted to make. Oh yeah, yeah. When I came in the game, it was just about it was just about motivating the youth. You know, what I mean, I had a little, mm-hmm. I had a, um, I had, I was working at a gym, so I had a little program where I was motivating the youth that lost the mom, their father's in jail. You know, what I mean, coming out of that, it was tough for them kids that were getting bullied in school, getting the face. I had a kid that had a face smashing the toilet. They would jump in, have a face smashing the locker. So I created a program for them called No Pain No Game. It was like enough is enough program, teaching them how to box, teaching them how to protect themselves. You know what I'm saying? We were just going hard. So that was like my mission. My mission was just focus on the youth and stuff like that before, you know, and I ran into, you know what I mean? I ran into some older guy, man. He, they call him Paul. He do a little bodybuilding show. And he like, yo, he just pulled up on me. He said, he told me like, you, you, you want to do a show? We got a show Saturday. It was on a Thursday. He like, you want to do a show Saturday? I said, what? What you talking about show? You like bodybuilding show? I said, you man, stop playing with me, man, because I don't know nothing what the bodybuilding were. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Coming from projects, coming from no, you know what I mean? Nobody around us do bodybuilding, you know what I mean? You know, you selling drugs, selling cracks, selling guns, you know what I mean, and try to make in the neighborhood sport what you know what I mean, or basketball, that's the only thing you see. So I was offended by that and he took me to the gym. He started showing me Kyle Grant, Victor Martinez, all these guys on the wall. They're like, yo, these guys. You know, I said, wow. So I went back to the gym I trained at, and I asked one of the, the owner of the gym, I told him, I said, yo, what you think about me doing a bodybuilding show? And he said, champ, let me tell you, man, it's tough. You know what I mean? I did 59 shows, and um, as for you right now, you 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 got the gym, you clean up the gym. You know what I'm saying? You clean up the gym, clean up the bathroom, putting the waist back. You know what I mean? You're doing good here. You got the kids that you motivate, taking them to the beach, training them, motivating them. I think that's something that you should be doing instead of putting your hands in the bodybuilding. But, you know I mean? I just look at it from a different perspective like that, you know? Um, you know what I mean? People, you know I mean? You listen to people when people say things, but, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's not your, what people say is not your your opinion, you know what I mean? It's not your, you know what I mean? Option to do that. So I thought about it, I went in. That Saturday, it was three days later, I went to the show, you know what I mean? And I did the show. Mm-hmm. You know, just just mm-hmm. to tell people like whatever you put your mind to, you gotta do it, no matter what people say. Right. That was my thing with going to bodybuilding. I wasn't just going. There. I was just like, who am, who, am, who who is somebody out there to tell you can't do this or you can't do that because of the pain of because uh, of the hard work or because of mm-hmm. this? You feel me? Mm-hmm. So I took that the other way, you know, man. And I went to the show, and I did the show, and I came first. It was 2012. It was 2012, uh, July 21st. That was my first bodybuilding, 2012, July 21st. That was in East Orange. It was like an NGA show, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was 195. And I went on stage, I didn't know how to pose. I was eating a pizza. And I saw the mm-hmm. old guy. I'm like, yo, I'm here, man. He like, yo, yo, a light heavyweight going on stage. I'm like, stage. So I tried to jump on stage with my shorts, with my, my, my regular clothes on. He like, man, you got to get a posing truck, man. Get out of here. <laughs> like, yo, you gotta get a posy truck. So right. I went in the back and somebody had a brand new posy truck, right? So I put it on and the girls in the back and it changed my perspective of life because the girls in the back, they were doing push-up, they were doing pull-up, they had to resist the resistant bed, they were eating some uh, a rice cake with peanut butter, 
they had, yo, they were so strict with the diet. I'm looking at it, I said, this is a different world. Mm-hmm. It was a whole different world. You see the guys backstage, they getting the oil you done, they got a personal trainer, they got a nutritionist, they got a mm-hmm. posing coach. It was like a whole different thing. Like, I'm mm-hmm. from the block, I'm from the streets. You feel me? I just came from the fans. I just came from doing time. You understand what I'm saying? This is a whole new life to me. I'm looking at this like, yo, and this is my third time, third day, I found out about the show. So the girl's like, yo, you got to go on show. You got to go on stage. We got to teach you how to do a side pose, front line, you know what I mean? All these stuff, you know what I mean? Back, last breath. So I'm like, you know what? I can't learn everything right now. I'm going to go on stage and do my own thing. So I just went on stage and entertained the people. And the crowd went crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, flex your back. Yo, flex your back. Yo, yo, squeeze, squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> And I, uh, so soon after the show, I came first in Navarre. Then when I went to open, oh, uh, it was a whole different game, man. Them boys whooped my butt, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the guy named Guy, Guy DeSola, Guy, he'd be at the show, at the bodybuilding show. Guy, mm-hmm. it's an older guy. He had a gym called, he had a, it called Guy's Gym. Natalia, an older guy. And he came to me backstage and said, Your champ, you got what it takes to become a pro. You know what I'm saying? Either you're going, either it's two things. Either you're going to want it or you don't. Mm-hmm. But this is my car right here. I live in, I live in Hawthorne, New Jersey. Come and see me. I have a gym. So it was like 45 minutes from my house. So I'm just coming home. I ain't have a driver license. I ain't had nothing. And I'm like, damn, how can I get to these guys? You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm like, you know what? I have to take a risk. I have bought me an old car, working on my license. And I was getting on the road like 4 o'clock in the morning and just like they're straight driving. You know what I'm saying, just driving. <laughs> and I would get there and i start training with him for three years. And we would train from five in the morning, for five in the morning to seven. And I would come back, take the kids to school, then go to the gym. I used to train at Ferry Street, on Hawthorne, uh, on Ferry Street in North New Jersey, train at that gym, clean up the weights, clean up the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes people are taught in the bathroom, the bathroom overflow. I got to put the glove on, wash the floor, wash the shower, wash the lockers. It was upstairs and downstairs. I would put the weights upstairs and then go back downstairs, clean up downstairs, come back upstairs. Then four o'clock, I would have like a women classes. I would do the women class self-defense. So, you know, the women have a lot of angers, you know what I mean? And then we just come and hit the pack. Just beat up on me, let them do jumping jack to leave. Then five o'clock, I would have the youth that come out of school now. I would have a, a strength training program for them. I would have like a, a, a cardio program, boxing program for them. So it was at five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock. I would have an hour classes for them. Then after that, like eight o'clock, I would go back to put the waist back. By that time, the whole gym is flooded. Got waste all over the place. So I would put the waist back, clean up the dumbbell, clean up the treadmill, scrub the gym go downstairs, then by 10 o'clock, I would go to the bar. I used to work at the bar, you know what I'm saying, Sacred Lounge. I would go do security from 11, 11 p.m. to like 2.45 in the morning, you know what I'm saying, and close up the bar, then go back, get ready to go to the gym at 5 o'clock. I would do that from 2010 all the way to 2018. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. When I first met when I first met you, I remember we used to work at the hospital too. So it's like, how did, yeah. when, did when did you sleep, man? Because you have kids, no, you have five kids, slept. right? I, I never slept. I never slept at that time. At that time, you know what I mean. At that time, That's I crazy. never slept. I ain't had no. I used to sleep in the car. You know what I mean. I used to sleep in the car. So at that time, when you met me now, I had got shot. So mm-hmm. I was I working that, yeah. for the gym. Yeah, 
I was working to the gym from 2010, 2011 to 2014. Mm-hmm. So when I got shot, I went back to the gym after I left the hospital because I was three way, I was three, you know what I mean, three, three weeks from the competition. So when I went to the gym back, the owner of the gym, the gym that I worked for, I cleaned up the gym, everything, and they're like, yo, you can't come in. You got to get a doctor in order to come in. I'm like, I've been working for you guys four or five years, put the gym on the map, motivating right. the youth in the gym. You know what I'm saying? I'm not yeah. the point now where I got shot in my legs. I'm no good for you guys no more. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know good for you guys. So I need a right. doctor to even come and say hi. Now I just say, oh, champ, we know you got five kids. Let go a little, let go a thousand dollars right here. Go home, take care of your kids, get healed, come back and muscle through the pain. It's like, nah, don't come here out of the gym. You need a doctor though. You know what I'm saying? So that just motivated me more to even go to a, to, when they got the doctor no came back, went in the basement mm-hmm. and started training. And three weeks mm-hmm. later, I did the competition. That's why I left the gym. Now I couldn't get no clients, so I went to the hospital. So I started working at the hospital. I got I got shot 2014, October 17th. I started working at the hospital 2014, December 4th. So now I work at the hospital for five in the morning, now to 2 p.m. You know what I'm saying? That from 2 p.m. I left, I went to LA Fitness. And started training at LA Fitness from 3 p.m. to like 10 p.m. Then I still start doing security, even though I got shot. But I still was doing security, but I was sitting at the door, praying to God nothing happens. Because the owner didn't know I got shot. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? I had five kids. The rent was due. The lights was getting cut off. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Baby mom left me, you know what I mean? Because I couldn't provide how I used to. But you know what I mean? I had to go through that, you know what I mean? And you were still able to get gains while not, not, not even properly sleeping and all that. That's crazy. No, no, no. I never, you know what I'm saying? It was hard. It was hard. I was just maintaining. You know what I mean? That's why I never turned pro. I never turned pro because I ain't had the proper rest. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't eating the proper food. It's like looking at my kids. I got five kids and going to the store and buying asparagus and, 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 and steak and, 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 buying, and buying chicken and fish and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't yeah. do that. I would, I would have to buy about whole cases of eggs from Restaurant Depot and mm-hmm. keep eating eggs every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Eggs with rice, eggs with white rice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I even went to Wendy's. I even mm-hmm. went to Wendy's and had a connection with Wendy's. You know, when you go to Wendy's, Wendy's have a waste bucket. So the waste bucket is that when people come through the drive-thru and they order a chicken mm-hmm. sandwich and they don't want cheese on it, they give it back. So they throw it in the waste bucket. So I would go to the manager again, like $30 every night, and he'd give me the whole bucket. So sometimes I find grilled chicken in the bucket, you know what I mean? Sometimes I find chili with cheese. I find baked potato. Jeez. I find broccoli. You know what I'm saying? Potato yeah. with broccoli and cheese. You know what I mean? And I was eat that. And the money I was supposed to take to go to the store to buy egg, white, uh, steak and stuff like that, I was spending on the rent and help the kids out. You know what I mean? At that time, I was on like, I had to put myself on child support because my baby moms didn't wasn't letting me see my kids. So I had to go into the, in front of the judge and tell the judge, I got five kids. I want to put myself on child support because I want my kids to be connected. I don't want, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they changed their phone number, you know what I mean? Because time is hard now. I got mm-hmm. shot. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? So now everybody is like me against the world. It's just me and my wife, you know what I mean? Yeah. Holding me down. So I had to go through the process and tell the judge, like, yo, I want to put myself on child support. The judge, like, what type of man come and put yourself on child support? I said, you're a judge. I work at LA Fitness and I work at the hospital. This is how much I make. 
You know what I'm saying? I just need a visitation with my kids. If I could pick up my kids every Friday and drop them to school every Monday, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? But I just need that connection. So the yeah. judge started taking all my money out, giving it to my baby mom, spraying it out. So I had to do security, even though I was shot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not so that's that, eh? You had to work nonstop. No stop. So it wasn't no mm -hmm. sleep. So even though you, your body needed, sometimes would do a show. Even Steve, why brother? Steve used to tell me like, your champ. Like, I would get ready for a show in three weeks. Even though it take 18 weeks to get ready for a show, I would train, even though I would still train every day. But like getting ready for a diet, I would probably diet for like two weeks before I do a show. Because now I say, all right, I can't eat all this stuff that I got to get, I got to do the, the for two weeks, I got to do the right thing. I got to sacrifice 500 to get the right food, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would probably come second place, third place, second, third, second, third. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I would never come first or overall until 2008 when I got sponsored by BPI Sport. It was like a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. I when I got that. sponsored now, I had to quit all the jobs. I quit mm -hmm. security. I quit working in the hospital. Now I was focusing on training. Then I got sponsored by the mill company, Social Fit. When I got sponsored, now I'm getting meals and I'm getting cash and I'm getting free protein. So I'm like, I cannot be stopped. Mm -hmm. You can't beat me now. Mm -hmm. You understand that? Mm -hmm. So I got ready. I said, all right. So when I got sponsored, like late uh, 2018, I start training. I want. Then I went. I went. I went. Did it Arnold in 2019. When I did the Arnold, I came second in super heavy. Cause my manager tricked me, so you know what I mean. I was getting ready. The judges said, "Your champ would never see somebody uh, heavyweight like this before. Heavyweight, like I was, I was like two hundred and twenty-four pounds, two twenty-four, lean, ripped, dry, ready. I'm backstage, ready to go on stage, man. I was ready to tear some up. My manager came to me at that time and said, "Listen, I did talk to the expediter. They said, they said." Uh, heavyweight gonna be on stage in like 40 minutes, so we'll get something to eat. So I said, you sure? He's like, yeah. I said, all right, no problem. So I'm in the audience, I'm eating, right, champ? And I look on the screen, these guys look just like me. So I dropped the food, I ran backstage, and I told the lady, I'm like, yo, who on stage? She's like, that's heavyweight. I'm like, I'm heavyweight. She like, yo, we've been calling you, champ. We've been calling you. Why do you so do I, that? Why do you, why do you, why do you tell you this, the manager? Cause he wasn't focused, man. I had to fire him after that. Mm. I've been backstage since eight o'clock waiting. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? So you missed it. You missed the opportunity. I missed it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I went. I ran upstairs, and 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 the and the, and the guy that already already did a quarter turn. So I can't go back in the show. So one of the guys said, you know what? What we could do, we could put you in the super heavy. So now I'm in the super heavy and I'm going back and forth with Morgan, the guy who was 295 pounds. Mm -hmm. So we going back and forth, going back and forth, going back and forth. And I came second, he came first. You know what I'm saying? So in 2000, that was 2019 in March. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, if I could go into a unexpected class, and come second, then I'm gonna do the uh the the, the junior national the uh the junior USA. Mm -hmm. So I did the junior USA and I came overall. I came first and overall. That's why I turned pro. 
That was 2019, June, uh, June 6th. You know, June 6th or July 6th, mm -hmm. running there. You know what I mean? And since then, I say, you know what? I'm going to start training. 2020 is going to be my first pro debut. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So 2020 was the year. So we was ready. We started training and we started going extra hard in December. So in December, the gen in December of 2020, in March, when I was out of the army, I was 260 pounds. Mm -hmm. wow. So my goal was to push to 270 and go on stage for my, 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 my New York pro and step on stage like 240. Mm -hmm. So when I came back from the honor, like 2020, uh, March, March 7th on the 8th, everything was shut down in Jersey. Yeah. So now everything shut down. Sponsorship called me and be like, yo, champ, we appreciate the time we had with you, but we can't sponsor you no more. Boom. Everywhere, every, it was a hit yeah. everywhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was that time in your life, like, damn, everything that you work for is just crashing away. But like I always tell people, I say, listen, man, when opportunity presents itself to you, I always ask God, I say, God, if ever, any opportunity ever presented to me and it gets snatched away, let my soul be at peace because it wasn't meant to be. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I ask God to always give me that to the point to see it from a different perspective, a different mindset. So boxing, man, that's when boxing came into place. I'm sitting down in my house, March, April, after my birthday, April 19th. I say, you know what? I always had a passion for boxing. Like I mm -hmm. never, I never accomplished it because of the dedication. Because I was working three jobs. You know what I'm saying? How mm -hmm. can I go boxing is a dedicated sport? Oh, yeah. It's a Full sport time. where you gotta be, you gotta be very it's a dedicated sport. You got to be disciplined. You got to be dedicated. You got to be self, you got to be patient. You got to be determined. You know what I'm saying? You got to have that desire. So how can you have all these things if you're going back to court because you're for child support, you're going back to court, you know what I'm saying? You're just coming home from prison. No job. Kids is hungry. You live right back in the ghetto. You get put back in the ghetto. You understand what I'm saying? You've been sure. fighting for your freedom in a federal prison. You've been fighting for your freedom in the immigration system. Then you finally it free, and you're like, damn, I want to change my life. I want to be great. You know what I'm saying? And that support, that dedication is not there. It's not like it's not there, but I, I would train and come home for two, three hours. I train in boxing. I'm 205 pounds. I was 205 when I was boxing when I came home from prison in 2010. Mm -hmm. When I got to the gym, I got to come down to 287 pounds to get a fight. Mm -hmm. I'm 5% body fat, 205. Wow. So I'm hitting the heavy bag for two hours. I'm jumping rope for three hours. Then when I come home, no job. So I got to eat oodles and noodles. You know what I'm saying? I'm putting that sodium right back in my system. I'm frustrated. I'm stressed out. So that's why I pull boxing to the side and start working at the gym, cleaning up the weights clean the bathroom, starting from scratch, and start training the kids. Mm -hmm. So I pull boxing to the side. So now for the pandemic, I'm sitting like, yo, I need to go back to accomplish what I didn't accomplish. Mm -hmm. I felt like I owe myself something. So I say, you know what? I'm going to put bodybuilding on hold this year and accomplish boxing for this year. Whatever happens, happens. 
You understand what I'm saying? But to me, deep in my soul, it's kids out there that wanted to be like me, that wanted to box. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to take the family out of the ghetto. I want to be inspired, but deep down in the heart, they ain't had that desire. They ain't had that discipline. They ain't had that that fear of not pushing. What if I didn't make it? That it led them to the corner. It led them to selling drugs, selling crack, selling cocaine, ready to become in a gang. I feel like I was in that place now to tap into them. What, what steps are you taking to actually box right now? Are you, are you working with Mike Tyson? What's happening? Because I heard a lot of different stories, but I'm not sure exactly what's going on. How are you going to get your fight? What's the process like? Oh, the process right now. Right now, we're getting ready. I'm training with Elite Boxing right now. And that's in North New Jersey, Elite. And I'm also working with Zab Judas. You know what I mean? Zab. He's a you know great champion. Yeah, champion. Yeah, Zab champion. You know what I mean? From Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's in my corner. Uh... Next week, we won't sit with Mike and see where's next, you know what I mean? So Mike, I was on the phone, I was on FaceTime with Mike Tyson, and it was just so exciting, you know what I mean? It was the excitement, was crazy, like your champ, loved your video, I loved the motivation, I loved the energy, you big, you moving, you know what I'm saying? You could do a lot of damage, man, you remind mm-hmm. me of me, you know what I'm saying, that connection, you know what I mean? A champion mm-hmm. to a champion, that heart to heart. So definitely invited to go see him on the 29th in LA, so we're going to sit and see what's the game plan when we move from here for now. You're still trying to get a fight, right, Lockdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fight. Listen, we training. Fight going to happen. If, you know what I mean? I offered a fight. They offered me a fight. I should was a fighter, an MMA fighter. But they offered me $80,000. I'm like, what, what? You know what I'm saying? $80,000. That's a assault. You know what I mean? So as long as the money is right, like if money is right, we're going to do it. Because you got to understand. You're not just fighting a regular person. I'm not a regular person. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people just jump in my DM, like, yo, champ, man, I'm going to fight for charity. Hey, champ, yo, can we get in the ring? Champ, can you fight me? What, which, which, who are you? What have you accomplished? Right. This is a storyline. We didn't need a story to sell a fight. You know what I'm saying? HBO came to me. Uh, uh, pay-per-view came to me. And I'm telling them, you can't give me $80,000 to gain the ring. I don't care who in my fight. If I check the person history, the person ain't even got five, he ain't even got ten thousand, he ain't even got a thousand followers. I understand you're trying to build. I'm the champ. Sure. But look, look at the history. Look what I'm bringing. I'm representing the continent of Africa. You know what I'm saying? That's a whole yeah, yeah. different graphic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like everybody from Africa gonna watch the fight. Is there, a spe- is there a specific number you're looking for, like a, as a, as a, as an actual purse? Or but the whole thing is that I told them I told them I need 150,000 up front. You know what I'm saying? Half, half 150,000. That's for the family. That's for the the camera crew. That gotta be with me 24 seven when I'm training. Ten you have, weeks. You have a team with you. You have a team. It's not just you, obviously. Right? Yeah, it's a team. That's what I'm telling. You. It's not just me. You're not just for a chance. I got a whole organization. I got manager. I got assistant director. I got, you know what I'm saying? I got a whole big team, a big mm-hmm. team, a whole NDO nation. I got a whole nation, not a even team, a nation, but um, you feel me? Mm-hmm. You feel me? I created a nation. You did. You know what I'm saying? So you you talking about somebody who, you talk about somebody who survived 14 years civil war, came to, came to Brooklyn, 2000, you know what I'm saying? Moved to the North, you know what I'm saying? Went into the streets, transitioned from the streets to bodybuilding, got shot, never give up. Still went and did a, a show three days later, become and become a professional bodybuilder. Then went to the entertainment world. I got two, I got 
documentary. My documentary right now, I got nine different wars. I just did a movie called Between Wars. And I just did something with you guys, Strength War. You know it's I mean? coming it's out war. soon, yeah. I'm very happy about that. Coming out soon, you know what I'm saying? And that's, mm -hmm. one of, and that's going to be one of the brittiest stuff they ever seen. In that's going to be the most inspiration. We ain't going to do that before. I didn't wait on that. But <laughs> that's something, like, look at all this avenue we built. I just sacrificed. No, you, you've made an incredible progress. You, you've, you've made an incredible progress. But I'm always watching you and the things you, you, you accelerate every year. Man. I'm very impressed, man. Great. I want to actually ask you about something. So you you originally from Liberia. You survived the brutal war, civil war, right? Yeah. And because um, you know we shot your story for the strength war, so I learned a lot about you actually on a personal level while making this film. And you survived. Um, what was the outbreak over there? It was it was civil war, and it was an outbreak of what was the illness going on? It was it was Ebola or something? Like that? It was wasn't an Ebola outbreak at that time happening? You know, no. The Ebola outbreak. I was already in the U.S. You know what I mean? The Civil War happened in 1990. You know what I'm saying? I was born in 1984. And the, and the war the war happened in 1990. So at the age of six years old, the war came. You know what I'm saying? The Civil War came because we got, Liberia have so many resources, diamond, gold, oil, you know what I'm saying? Rubber plantations. So, you know what I mean? Two different mm -hmm. tribes, crashes. And uh, it was brutal. It was brutal mm -hmm. to the point at the age of six years old to watch this thing grow into the war zone. Like, you know really? what I'm saying? A father left when I was three years old, separated, got lost in the war. Then mom with mom, you know what I'm saying? Every village would go to our houses getting burned down. Churches was getting burned down. No recreation center, no water. You know what I'm saying? No school, school. We going in and out of school. Every city that we go, we tap into a school system. Either this rebel then burning the school down. She just scared to go to school losing friends, family members, and keep pushing and just going to and just keep generating to a whole different level of different part of the war, just try to find safety, you know what I mean? And and made it through 2000 and 2000. And that's what my grandfather, my grandfather had a church in Brooklyn. My grandfather been here over 40, 50 years. He said, you know what, enough is enough. I'm gonna grab my daughter and her kids and bring them to the US. You know what I'm saying? So that transitioning from the war zone, like, it was just about the hustle, the grind, surviving. You know what I'm saying? A survivor. I was just a survivor. They try to make sure mom was good, my brothers and sister was good. You know what I'm saying? So just surviving and coming over here and coming to the US in Brooklyn and going through a different system, it was a mental challenge. Because everybody in your community, everybody in your in your world, where you come from in Africa, you come from this city where ain't no lights no water foundation, you know what I'm saying? And everybody is depending on you and be like, yo, champ, you the only one coming from this community, Banja, where nobody know about in this village. You the only one coming from here to go to the US. So the pressure at the age of 16 years old was like, yo, you need to come back and build schools. You need to come back and build a clinic, hospital, playground, recreation center for these kids that you need to play in the dirt with. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So now coming to, coming to Brooklyn, and living in Brooklyn, New York, it's like coming to another war zone. Like, so I got to Brooklyn, you, I know across the street on my block, East 98, it's a liquor store, a church, a corner store, then you got prostitu prostitution, then you got drug dealers, you got crackheads, you got fiends, and I'm right back into a war zone mm. where I just promised my brothers and sisters and my grandmothers in the bathroom, like, yo, I'm coming here to be great. 
How many times can you walk on a block and you got your little sister and somebody keeps saying the B war? Mm. How many times you got to work on your block and people from the churches breaking clothes in a, in a garbage bag? So when mm. we came, if we came, our grandfather did a great job of bringing us to the U.S. But when we came, we had like a little room, a two, you know what I mean, four by four room, two brothers, two sisters, and my mom with a, a twin size bed. So me and my mom and my brother and sister just sleep on the floor. At that time, my, my, my sister then was like three, five years old. So we let him sleep on the queen side bed. Me and my mom would sleep on the floor. And, and when we come outside, we would go downstairs in the basement. And a lot of the churches, the people from the church, the members of the church would bring like bags of garbage clothes or clothes in a garbage bag that kids don't want. And they would bring it. And, and we had to go through the bags and grab a couple of clothes. Sometimes I wear a size eight and a half. I got to squeeze my feet in a seven and a half. And at that time, you you talking about the dress code. You got crepe blood. All these people talking about red and blue. You can't wear it. We don't know. I don't know nothing about no dress clothes. So like you, you, you escaped the bad situation and you came back in also bad situation, pretty much. Yeah, right back. So now my mentality is like, yo, what is this? Like, yo, I'm, I'm like, I'm. I'm on a bus, I'm getting ready. So whatever clothes I find in the, in the garbage bag, I'm putting it on. I'm on a bus and you got five kids coming to me and be like, yo, why are you wearing this sweatshirt? I got the sweatshirt out of the garbage bag. What do you mean why I'm wearing this shirt? You know what I'm saying? So now it's a disrespect if you touch me. But my grandfather said, yo, if somebody touch you, you can't touch them back. Cause now if you pull hands on them, they get hurt, the cops come. The cops said, oh, you're not a citizen. Why are you pulling hands on my on the citizen? Regardless of what the citizen did to you, it don't matter. You just don't pull hands on people. I don't care to pull hands on you, call the cops. Well, you gonna call cops and somebody try to stab you with a knife on the bus because you wearing, they thinking you blood because you wear the red shirt. Oh, you, oh, you was popping. Oh, you was cracking blood. Yo, you blood, huh? Oh, this thing, this joke die move. Like, you feel me? And they coming to wash you and you, like, you, you, this is your first month in America. You look at this guy like, yo, why these people really mad? <coughs> you know what I'm saying? So now you try to protect yourself. You grab one of them, slam them down, try to protect. Now, you get caught. The judge looking at you like, what country are you from? Oh, I'm from Liberia. Oh, you from that war country, that war zone. Oh, you a war baby. You a rebel, huh? You come here to destroy my our our citizen. You come here to beat our citizen and do this. Oh, now you getting deported. You out of here. So what would you do? Like you in a situation like that? It's like it's like you know what I'm saying. It's like so now my mom see it. My mom see it. I'm getting frustrated. You know what I'm saying. I have a couple of fights in my school, and it was brutal. You know what I'm saying. It was brutal. It would have got me deported. You know what I'm saying? It would have got, because people ain't pressed charges. So my mom said, we got to leave out of here. So we left Brooklyn in 2001, went to North. Come to North, it's tough. It's another war zone. So I told my mom, I said, you know what? Single mother, father is not here. Father is in Africa. Two brothers, two sisters. I'm the oldest. At the age of 17 now, I say, mom, I'm going to go to Wendy's and find a job up the street, help you with the rent, help you with the bills. You know what I'm saying? So when I went to Wendy's, I talked to the owner. I said, listen, man, my name is Robert Wilmer. I just came from Africa last year. We live in Brooklyn. Now we live in North. We live on Slide Street, on Chancellor's, or Wendy's on Chancellor. I said, 
I go to school, I weak weight. I get up school at 245. I was good at soccer. You know what I'm saying? Soccer was my sport. Like, I would play soccer and people used to open their mouth in my country and they knew I was a star. You know what I'm saying? They knew I was, they knew I was gonna be one of the best that ever played the game, you know what I'm saying? But when I came, I had to quit playing and find a job to help my mom, cause my father wasn't here. My mom dropped out in the fifth grade. So my mom had to get a job that would pay her seven, $7 an hour, $7. She wasn't going to the office. She was working at Macy in New York. Had to catch the bus, the train. Before she get there, come back making $7 an hour. She bringing like $350 for every two weeks. And the rent is $800. So I went to Wendy's, I told the manager, I said, man, I said, man, I only been here for a year. I live off the street. My school is down there. I get off school at 2.45. It take me 15 minutes from my school if I'm walking to come to work. So I could work from three o'clock to 8 p.m. and get back to my brother and sister, make sure their homework is done, put them in school, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. The lady looked at me and said, listen, we're not hiring. I went down there, I'm telling you champ, I went to that lady 10 times, every day. You know what I'm saying, every day. 10 times in a row, I go down there, and I sit down, I wait for her, she get up work at three o'clock, I'm there at 2.55, I'm sitting there in the lobby of the, of the job. And soon as she get out of her office, I'm right in front of her car. I'm like, Yo, man, you don't understand. You don't understand, man. Imagine you got two brothers, two sisters, mom making $7 an hour. They were gonna go and full pay less. My sister about to go to high school, you know they gonna laugh at her way, pay less, you know what I'm saying? Now, that's gonna make me angry and come down there and hit somebody, child. Damn, I'm gonna get deported. I need to step up. So the tenth time that I went there, the lady looked at me and said, We had somebody to call out today. Which size of shirt do you wear? And she gave me the shirt, champ. And I pulled my career to the side, 2001, and I started working. I worked from three o'clock to eight o'clock bringing a little bit of, you know what I'm saying? I had 50% off on the food, bring some burger home, fries home for my brothers and sisters, gain pay at least every two weeks, $250, helping my brother and sister out. You know what I'm saying? Gain their son, asthmatics, low lotion, deodorant, stuff like that, helping out with the family. Then in 2003, going cash my check, that's when everything started. I go cash my check, I'm in the ghetto. Police pull me over. Hey, yo, come here, where the gun at? Where the weed at? Where the drugs at? Put the hands all between my legs. Like, yo, I'm like, hold up, officer. This is my paycheck right here, man. I just came from Africa, man. I've just been here two years. You know what I mean? I don't sell weed, I don't smoke weed, I don't smoke. I got two brothers and sisters at home, my mom. I'm here to go cash my check and help my mom with the rent. That go my check in my wallet, check my wallet. Man, shut the hell up, man. What's your name? Ran my name, nothing came up, put me in the back of the car. Officer grab a whole bag of weed like that, throw it in the back, like, yo, this is you. Keep that. Oh. This is you. So now they locked me up, took everything away. Nobody told my mom, nobody tell my job. So I'm in there for like three, four days. My mom finally found out where I'm at, calling all over the world. You know what I'm saying? Find out, then I transferred me to the biggest prison called Carwell Jail. Never been in jail in my life. I'm in there, guys doing murder, charges in there for life. They put me in one of these guys, 
I couldn't even if it killed me. So when I got out, I went, I took it to trial. I told the judge, like, yo, I don't smoke weed, I don't sell weed, I don't know nobody. I go to work, I go to I, I get up in the morning, five o'clock, get ready, go to school at eight o'clock, leave school at 2.45, go to work, get to work at eight o'clock, go home, take care of my brother and sister. 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, I'm in bed. What the time I gotta go? So I don't have no friends. So the judge asked the, the cops in the courtroom, they say, yo, where's the evidence? Oh, Your Honor, and I left it at the lab, the laboratory. Judge said, we ain't got no damn lab in Newark, man. You locked up this man for no reason. They can't even go to school and stuff like that, man. So now they come out, my green card is stolen, my wallet is stolen, my check is stolen, everything is gone. I'm back to square one. So now I go back to my job. They came and hired me. I ain't got no ID or nothing. Just said, oh, listen, we told you about us. You ain't come for four days, so we hired somebody. The rent is due. Mom is stressed out. My brother and sister, so what happened? The kids that I would go to school with, I start hanging with them. Now we start selling weed. We start, I'm like, all right, since you want me to be this person, I'm not trying to be. Now, mm -hmm. I'm going to terrorize this city. That's when I got back in the streets, and everything was moving. They Whatever forced, it is. They forced you in a corner. They forced you in a corner, basically. Had no choice. They forced you in a corner. Now I'm hanging out on the corner, hanging with kids. You know what I'm saying? Smoking, drinking every night. I'm frustrated. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mom said, I can't come around the kids no more because now, you know what I mean? My mindset is not there. She's like, yo, I don't want you in like your brother to enter like you. So stay away from the house. Stay away from your brother. Don't come around. You know what I'm saying? I went to a deep place, sleeping on the streets, in the bounded houses, in the bounded cars. You know? Then after that, that's when 2006, I went through the fair system. When I went through the feds, 2010, September 21st, I came home. When I came home and I said, you know what? I'm going to dedicate my time to the youth. You know what I'm saying? To tell them to have patience. You know what I'm saying? Teaching them about patience and discipline and just believing in what they believe in. Like, Keep fighting on your goals and your dreams, you know what I mean? Don't let everything outside that glitter is not gold. You know what I'm saying? I could be in the streets and make all the money and be the man of the year. We making 100000 a month, man. Me and my team, like, I took no days off into the streets. Like, I was dedicated. I give the street 150%. Like, every day, you never know when you're getting killed. You walk in the street today, you around little killers and drug dealers and murderers that moms and fathers is locked up. They don't have no purpose in life. That's the people that you're hanging out with every day. Some of them doing drugs. Cause you don't know what they're thinking. You don't know when they're going to react. You don't know when you're in the house chilling right now. One of your friends now terrorized the whole club. And you walk it because you chill with them. You become a victim. You walk out of your house, you don't know if you're going to get killed. You don't know if you're going to get arrested. You don't know if the deal going to go bad. You don't know. That's the street life you live in. So every day is a death wish. You never know when you're coming home. You never know. And that's why when I, I, I lost five of my friends in the streets and other, the other four got deported. I'm the only one that made it out of prison and changed my life. The rest that came home, I gave them a job at the gym. They're like, man, we went from making 100000 a month. 
My first paycheck every two weeks, I look at my first paycheck with $210. So now I had to make a decision. Either go back making 100000 a week in five and two years from now and do 20 years in jail, or I keep making $250 a week and keep working on my dreams and change the world. It took me 13 years, champ, for me to get my first paycheck. 13 years. Following his extraordinary Olympia win, Generation Iron reported that Big Rami joined Enhanced Labs. After years of covering Enhanced, it came no surprise to me that the world champion would choose them as their new home. Enhanced Labs, they provide something different. A formula that's backed by science, ensured maximum dosing, and a real proven track record for serious athletes looking for real progress, whether natty or not. It's time to start taking your bodybuilding supplements to the next level, just like your training. Visit Enhanced Labs at getenhanced.shop and use promo code GENIRON, that's G-E-N-I-R-O-N, for 15% off your next order. That's getenhanced.shop, S-H-O-P, Enhanced Labs, home of Big Rami, for a reason. It's incredible to have that patience, but I feel like most people would not have that patience, you know what I mean? So how do you convince somebody to really, you know, settle down for that? You know what I mean? Some people don't think long-term like that. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, I, I got to tell them, man, it, it's tough. It's tough. It's just, they just got to believe in itself, man. They just got to believe in it. They got to see it. They got, it's like a turn of vision. You got to see it. It's like you, 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 like you see where you're going, but other people won't go and see it. You can't put your drink in other people's hands. You can't expect. I did almost 13 shows. Nobody show up. Even the day that I got shot in my legs, 2014, I had, I had Indian Nation created already. I had so many people that was on my team. Ain't nobody show up at my show when I got shot. Three weeks later, I was at the show with crunches. But the idea is that you cannot hold other people's responsibility for your journey. This is your journey. This is your goal. And you got to understand it's going to be haters. It's going to be doubters. You're going to understand that it's going to be a tough road, a lonely road to this greatness that you're heading to. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I came out with the low game, muscle through the pain, blend it up, stop looking soft, stop looking weak, start looking sloppy. All these things is something that you got to understand that you got to toughen up in all these part aspects of life in order to get where you're going. It was time. It was time that when I said sometimes, like, why am I doing it? Why? How many temptations I have to go through? You know what I'm saying? I got shot mm -hmm. for a reason. I got shot. I wasn't mad. I understand that. That was part of the process. Mm -hmm. When I got shot, I ain't called God and asked God why it was thousands and hundreds of people out there. Why they ain't got shot? Why you chose me? I had three weeks to do a competition. I was going to do the national. I just got quarterfied. 2000. I just got I just, I just won novels overall. You know what I'm saying? I won novels overall. I'm in the men open now. And I lost like five different shows in the men open. And I just, I just, this show was a national qualification show for me to, you know what I mean? For me to get ready for a uh, 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 pro, pro status. Mm -hmm. And now look at me, a, a nine millimeter bullet penetrate my boom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're going to get tested. Yes, you're going to get tested. But you can't look at it as a negative part. You got to look at it like you're why. 
Why now? And later on, you figure it out, like, all right, this is part of the process. Family, even your brothers and sister, your mother sometimes ain't going to believe in the process. They're going to think you stupid or you retarded or whatever you're doing in. And that's why I was doing the boxing. I had to separate myself from a lot of people because they don't understand that mental. They don't understand jogging 15.8 miles. Why are you losing weight? Hey, Tim, you looking sore, Tim. You, you losing your strength, Tim. You going to know sponsor going to pick you up. You lose your size, Tim. Your quads, you losing your quads. You losing your hamstring. You losing your quads. You losing your chest, your bicep. But they don't understand the, mind, the mindset as a champion. I can't, I can't, I cannot go to a pool party and wear a whole suit. I go to a pool party and wear a suit. Everybody going to ask, why you wearing a suit at a pool party? But they don't understand where I'm going. I probably go stop through and say, what up to you at the pool party and be out. But everybody going to be confused. Like, bro, everybody in shorts, no shirt on, you out here with a suit. You stupid, you dumb. You know what I'm saying? How many people can you explain why you got a suit on? So just for that, you have to stay away from people until the job is done. Mm -hmm. I went yeah. for 260 pounds. I'm too tall. Oh, <laughs> but for boxing, that's something that, you, I mean, it's, it's a different, completely different sport. It's a different you know mindset. I mean? It's a functional sport. You can succeed while just being huge, obviously. You know what I mean? I totally but, get that. You know what I'm saying? If people don't have that mindset, they will quit because now people around are telling them these things. People around it telling anything like, yo, bro, you losing mad weight, bro. But they don't understand. I, I, and I built endurance, speed, stamina. You know what I'm saying? So the first mm -hmm. eight weeks, they lost. You know what I'm saying? Sure. They, they, they don't understand the transition and they stuck. They don't know if they should ride with you or they could fall back. They don't know if what they're going to lose or what they're going to gain. Because a lot of people was behind me because I was bodybuilder because they want to understand how to become a pro because I pushed them. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, the boxing world, it don't benefit to them. So they separate. I, I want to ask you about your strategy when you're building your social media, right? Because a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of people are going to watch this stuff from the fitness, from the fitness space and bodybuilding space, yeah. right? Obviously, you can't make money as a bodybuilder just competing, just doing shows, right? I think social media is a way to really generate income, right, now, nowadays. Yeah, 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 um, fact. When you started your social media, you started from nothing, obviously. You started from zero, and now you know, you're very successful in it. What is the right strategy here? Is it the right approach to keep looking at what people are you know, liking and then do more of that? Is it just kind of like, what was your strategy like when you're building a social media? You know what I'm saying? Because I know you posted a lot in the beginning, and you still do. But I mean, like, were you evolving as the time passed on, or were you just sticking to what you received in the beginning? When you build a social media, you got to understand what people is looking for. Mm -hmm. And you got to understand you can't please everybody. You understand what I'm saying? And a lot of these bodybuilders, some of them is not versatile. They're not athletic. They, 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 they can't succeed in certain places. They just focus on one thing. And that's why during the pandemic, a lot of them crash because they don't know how to move. I could move from bodybuilding to boxing. Now, I'm capitalizing on boxing fans. I could jump to bodybuilding. I could capitalize the bodybuilding game. I could go to acting if you're a screen, bro. You know what I'm saying? Now I got acting producers and all these people that are coming at me. So it's it's tapping into what you're good at, what you're great at, and what people love to see. By the same time, don't forget who you are. Mm -hmm. So when I came into when I came into bodybuilding, I came with that. When I came into the Instagram, I came with energy. 
You know what I'm saying? I used to call Mac Rashid, Cali Muscle, all these jokers that out when I was into the, the bodybuilding. I used to be like, I'm the greatest. I'm the best. You know what I'm saying? All you jokers soft. If you never work out with me, you soft. You weak. You scared they, of me. They, you know what I'm saying? Were they offended in that when you said that? You know what I'm saying? Cali Muscle, it did hit me back back then. He said, yo, bro, why you keep tagging me, man? Tax supplement company. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? And Mark Rashid would reply, be like, yo, I see you, King. Keep going. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? But that's the energy I come in the game. Like, yo, I'm the greatest. I'm the best. And a lot of people, I would call out so many people like, yo, boy, it wasn't in a disrespectful way. It was in a way like, see me. You're going to see me. You can't duck me forever. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You can't duck me forever because I, I, I was doing it before Instagram. I was doing this. You know, see a lot of you joking and do this to to sell programs to do this. Listen, I was I was born to do this. You know, see it's a different if you're building a platform to like to say, okay, I'm gonna go into bodybuilding and learn it a little bit, and now become a professional and learn from you, learn from this coach, and write everything down to teach me. Then and, and take a couple of little sub over here and there and get big. Then I sell it to somebody. Now. You're talking to somebody who was made for this. You understand what I'm saying? You're talking to somebody who, 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 who the light go off right now, would do a thousand push-ups before I leave the dock. And I speak everything I ever said. You know what I mean? Being real. You know, see, a lot of people start, the reason why a lot of people get to a certain level that they stop, then they start watching the image and they start being scared of what to say because they come in again with different perspective. That's why they don't grow. Because they come in again pretending that somebody else. They come in again faking to be somebody else. So now, how long can you fake that, that, that person you are Then when you get to certain level? Like, I don't care. You could have 10,000. All these jokers could have 5,000 million followers. We step in the same room, they can't stand the energy. You saw what I did to City Fletcher Gym when I went down there? I got a text message from City Fletcher. He said, yo, Tim, you make I award one of the best ever because it's passion. We're talking about passion. We do this is about the money. This is about the likes. This is about changing the world, inspiring people, letting people know like, yo, I'm, I wake up this morning, I'm great. Yeah. But if you, if you, if you, if you put some, you pull somebody who got five million followers and, and, in a room with somebody who been becoming somebody who they wasn't until they get to that point. Now they're scared, of, they're scared of collab with somebody who have energy and passion for what they do. Well, let me ask you something. I, I, know, I know a few people, right? Very, very popular, um, have millions of followers on, so, on social media, right? And they told me now that they have so many followers, they're scared to post because they're afraid that this post is not going to get the same amount of likes as the previous post. But that's what I'm saying. That's people. That's people who do this. They, they've been faking the whole time. Now they come to the point that they're right out of content. They can't talk about nothing else. I got so many things I'm going on. That's, I'm just saying, I got motivation video to inspire people when you're going through that deep time of life. You know what I'm saying? That dark side. You know what I'm saying? They can't talk about that dark side because they never been through it. They never been through that dark side. Everything, a lot of these guys, everything was handed to them. It was handed to them, man. Somebody knows somebody that they know somebody and brought them in. They got it the easy way. 
We had to go from follow, go, go back to my Instagram 2011. You would see one follower, one like. It was me. And I used to be excited because of me. So whatever I post, I love it. So even if you don't like it, I love it because I know what it is for my heart. You know what I'm saying? That's what a lot of the guys are facing now because they don't post what for their heart. They post where they think people going to like. You know what I'm saying? Some video might hate. Some video might not. But the idea is that you're speaking to somebody. If I'm doing something, I'm doing it for this person. This person right here. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing it for this person right here. So you might like skit. You might like Jim walking the door, kicking people food. That's what you like. So if I go in the gym and deadlift five plates and I'm excited or I'm going to hit the boxing bags and I'm excited, you might not like it. Because you don't like Chen for that. You like Chen to come in the room, kick somebody food, and she explode. That's, That's what funny. you love Chen for. <laughs> then you then you got sure. the bodybuilder that when I was going to the gym, like, yo, I'm the best bodybuilder out here, man. Nobody going to outwork me. I'm going to go to 2020. And I'm going to win the all show. And we going in. We going to the gym. We tear some up. We rip some up. We out there. We got the pump. We walking around. You know what I mean? I got fans for that. That's their video. Have you ever been have you ever been confronted by somebody in person who didn't like something that you posted on social media for whatever reason? No, 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 no. Everybody they wouldn't tell pride company people would be like they would be inspired, man. They'll be inspired and be like, yo, champ. You know what I'm saying? I'm mad at you because now when I go to the chicken shack, I go to Burger King, I can't, I gotta look to my right, look to my left before <laughs> I order the burger before you come and keep. Now nah, man, everything. Everything, man, we, we, I try to keep it positive, man. You know oh, what I'm saying? You do, of course. I try to keep it positive. I don't try to, you know what I mean? I try to keep it positive. Everything, like I tell everybody, everything is not for everybody. You know what I'm saying? My, somebody better mad at me right now in boxing. They gave mm -hmm. my DM, like, your champ, when we going to start hitting? You know what I mean? We want you back. We want our 260 champ. You know what I'm saying? They want that. And some, some fans, they love that. I took them out of that dark side of boxing. And like, damn, if Champ, Tim is not a boxer, and Tim jogging for three hours straight. Tim on the cardio machine, running the treadmill for like two hours straight. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's a wake up call to dump. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Then we got the catastatics people that do pull up, push up, and dips. I got, I got a kid up to them too. I got going that bar, do that for them. I got to tap into their world. Uh, then I you, got the nine to five people. You made a statement, actually, I think it was last year or two years ago that you're going to win Olympia one day. Remember, you want to be making that? Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be this year. It was supposed to be this year, man. Then the pandemic came, and I'm like, you know what? Right now, I'm going to go to boxing. Boxing going to help me with conditioning. You know what I'm saying? Right now, like, mentally so focused, you know what I mean? Like the discipline I go through with boxing, if I apply that in the bodybuilding, nobody can stop me, you know what I'm saying? Can't be stopped. You know what I mean? It's gonna take some time. Like if I take nine months or 10 months to get ready for a show, nobody can beat me, man. They can't, you know what I'm saying? It gotta be, it gonna be close, but they can't. The genetics wise, work ethic wise, is, you know what I'm saying? It, they, they can't, you know what I'm saying? It's would no you, way. Would you box Mike Rashid? Because he's a boxer too. He did his pro debut. 
um, a couple of years ago. You no, know I mean, Mike Washi, Mike Washi would be a good for the culture, you know what I mean? That's my brother, you know what I'm saying? Like he said, you know what I'm saying? I think he wrote a comment, told people like, yo, I want to, I want, because everybody been, when it first happened, when all this happened, because Mike Washi is into the fitness, you know what I'm saying? We have something in common. If you look at my history, look at his story, we accomplished so much in the fitness industry and we touched a lot of lives. In the industry, uh, industry, and he came from under a big background, which is, you know, what I'm saying, Iron Attic Pops and everybody else, you know, mm -hmm. what I mean, and he have a lot of huge influence in the fitness industry, and for him transitioning into boxing, it was a major thing for a lot of fitness artists. So with me coming to boxing, I was at Mike Rashid first boxing match in 2017. Atlantic I think so. City, yeah, I remember. Yeah, Atlantic City. I was there running, you know, what I mean, with no shirt on, super him up. You know what I'm saying? Make sure right there. Even the fighter was even scared. He go in the ring, you froze up like a little chicken. And I told Mike, I said, you gonna go in that ring and knock that guy out in two seconds. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it happened, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's the type of energy we brought out there. You feel me? But since I transitioned to boxing, everybody been tagging my brother, tagging him and be like, yo, you your champ will be good for the culture. You're gonna be great for the culture to motivate and inspire other people out there. And Mike wrote to him and tell him like, yo, one of my boys from Jersey, hit him up and Mike wrote to him like, yo, Tim is my brother, man, you know what I'm saying? I would not want to fight my brother, you know what I'm saying? That's true, that's, that's you know a man? good point, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point, you know what I'm saying? That's my brother, I love my brother, yeah. you know what I mean? Because that's, if, any, if anything we do, we do it for entertainment. We'll not do it to hurt each other. You know what I'm saying? Of course, yeah. No, that's not. I meant, I meant, I meant like a boxing bout. I didn't mean like a fight. You know what I mean? I meant no, like no. A real, people gotta understand boxing for fighting. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, of course. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you don't expect us to go in there and, and try to hurt each other because we from different sport. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a whole different sport. But if it's somebody, if it's somebody who you know what I mean, if the money is right for the for the person who. Is that's their craft or it's not their craft? That's something different, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. with Mike, I think, you know what I'm saying? I think he made a good point with them, you know what I mean? That's why I never came at him with it. I just, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just in my own world doing my thing, man. And let people do. Even even when he need kid, what's the name, kid, kid, uh, Kenny or Kill? <laughs> what did your kid did? Uh, uh, Kenny, 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 Kenny Kill? What do you do? He, no, he hit me up too about, uh, about boxing matches, about I told boxing I said, you? I, yeah, I said I oh, beat the wow. man. I tell, I'm gonna tell. I said, yo, I see, him. I'm gonna see him wow. public. I said I would beat you for free, but you know what? I'm not gonna do that. You know what I mean? You got good fans and followers. Go down and go get 150,000. Say your champ. I, I raise 150,000, and the rest will give to charity. And we go find a place, a location, a time. You go have all the cameras you want. You know what I mean? And we make it happen. And the people gotta understand, like. You can just jump on and call somebody out. You gotta understand. You gotta get. It gotta be both sides. You gotta. It gotta worth the time. It gotta worth the energy. They gotta mm -hmm. put anything to the side to train for what you wanted to do. True. So if you are gonna call somebody out, you gotta make sure what's gonna benefit them. You know. Absolutely. So is the plan to see how the the first boxing match goes and then decide the next steps, or is it something that like? When it comes to bodybuilding and boxing and, and which way you're gonna go in the future, you still not you still undecided, right? Which is gonna be exactly the plan. I think bodybuilding bodybuilding was a gift from God. You know what I'm saying? Bodybuilding was a gift. Bodybuilding bodybuilding opened a lot of doors for me, you know. Bodybuilding opened a lot of doors. A lot. 
You know what I mean? Body, bodybuilding took me out of the slump. You know what I mean? Bodybuilding gave me discipline, make me understand of life. It was also a life experience. How to deal with life, how to deal with, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Family, friends, people, you know what I'm saying? Bodybuilding mm-hmm. put you in a whole different space of life, you know what I mean? Bo- boxing is something like, hi, right, it's for entertainment. You know what I mean? It's for entertainment. I do it to entertain the people. I understand, like, bodybuilder can do whatever we want. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to pull bodybuilder out there and be like, yo, we, as a bodybuilder, we could, we could come down and do whatever we want. You know what I'm saying? Go look at bodybuilder. They're these stiff guys that walk around. They can't fight. They can't move. They can't do this. And I just try to look at them and be like, yo, we could do whatever we put our mind to. Because we already build discipline for bodybuilding. I wanted the most disciplined sport. So if we were disciplined, we could become a pro in bodybuilding. You could go in any sport and dominate. But where's your calling? You know what I'm saying? Like, as a bodybuilder, people look at you crazy. You know what I'm saying? The kids, man, they, they look at you. Like, boxing is entertainment. They're like, oh, Chim, I love you fast. But when I, when I get into bodybuilding spirit, the kids go crazy. It's like... Wow. I know you've been through, you've been through hell, right? Growing up and just the whole move and the civil war, but do you currently ever deal with anxiety or depression and today? And, and if you do deal with it, how do you actually overcome it? I just think I just overcome it. I do deal with like anxiety and depression sometimes. Sometimes I go, go through some breakdowns and just, go through a breakdown in a way where I'm like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Not a breakdown where I get affected by what was going on around me during my time in Africa, in jail, in prison, what I'm going through. And just, I go through a, a depression and a breakthrough like, damn, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> like, sometimes it makes you want to cry like, damn, why me? I, God chose me, like you know what I'm saying? And you go through, like, you go through all the friends that you've been through, like all the situation that happened in life, like, in like, in a situation when I was in the street, I had somebody put a gun to my head and squeeze it. You know what I'm saying? And squeeze it, jam up. Doing my dice game, in the how we on the dice game, somebody kid robbed the dice game and put a gun to my head, squeeze it. You know what I'm saying? Beat them up, took the gun from them. You know what I'm saying? But the idea is that a lot of my boys in that house, in that moment, is not here. People that were with me is not here. Like, Crazy I get so excited. That's why everything, everything I do, I don't, Instagram's a free platform where you use it and touch other people. And people take it to be so personal. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, it, I understand, like, everybody came out different. Like, me, I'm just grateful to just be it. It was just something that I, I was just, my real, being real, bring me where I'm at. Being a real person. Give me the opportunity, just being real and what I've been through. And what I've been through, that's why I explain to people. So it might, you know what I'm saying? If some people come on my page and say anything they don't like, they might follow and go somewhere else. Go, go somewhere else and talk about other people, you know what I mean? Absolutely, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, feel free to do what you want to do. Don't like, don't let the society control. You know what I'm saying? Because some guy, 
and I'm not the type of person, like, some, I don't even know who follow me, who don't, you know what I mean? I just keep it moving. Mm -hmm. Like, I would do a video with somebody, and and I don't care if they post it or they tag me or nothing, you know what I mean? It don't matter. The idea is that I do it for my heart. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, don't, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't ask people to do a collaboration because of, because of, because of likes or comments. Or, I do it to touch the other kids. Like, a lot of kids will come to me like, yo, champ, can you do a, a video of Cali Muscle because both of you inspire me, you know what I mean? I was 300 pounds, both of you motivate me to do this. These are what make my video so great because of the people is the energy I bring into the people. So if your energy is not for the people, you're not going to go do the collaboration with me. You're not going to want to do collaboration because it's not about me stronger than you. I don't care. I can go in the gym and do 135, but the way I'm going to do 135 is the words I'm playing after I do it. It's not who's strong, who not. You know what I'm saying? Sure. If that, if I was worried about being strong and being not, I wouldn't come to boxing. I wouldn't lost 50 pounds of muscle. I would have been, oh, 260 pounds. If I, if I look, people really get anxiety and get crazy if they drop five pounds or lose 10 pounds, they, they lose their mind. Yeah, it's crazy. And they won't even work out with other people because they feel the person stronger than them or the person bigger than them or the person this and that. What I got to do with you, if you're on the same level and you're in the same field, you're at the same place and you're heading the same direction, what is the point? Man. What are you in it for? Champ, <laughs> uh, I want to ask you uh, last thing about uh, this year's Olympia. You're gonna, you, I'm sure you're gonna watch it, or you're gonna find. Out I'm gonna be there. Show. I'm gonna be there, man. I'm gonna okay. be there. Show, yeah, I'm gonna show some love to everybody. I want to get your prediction uh, on what's gonna happen in men's open because uh, it was just announced that Sean Rowland is not doing the Olympia, and uh, Flex Lewis dropped out due to injury. So, based on on these facts, who do you think is gonna be victorious this year? For what? For the for, for the, the men's open. Men's open, yeah. yeah. The man open. Who who this shit got going? Who going? Who gonna be there anyway? They, they got uh, uh Phil. He coming back, right? Phil Heath coming back. Uh, Brandon Curry, Rudy Wayne. Brandon Curry. And pretty much everybody else except for Flex Lewis was supposed to do the Olympia, but he's not. He's not gonna do okay. it. And, and Sean Roden is not doing it either. Sean Roden. Oh yeah. But you know, like I tell Sean, Sean is a good dude. I mean, I late man, very humble guy. Mm -hmm. And Brandon Curry. I got a video of me and Brandon Curry. I grabbed his hand when you want. I said, my man. You better tighten up, man. Cause 2020, I'm gonna spank you. That you snap. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're on stage, cause I was there. I was there when you won. But you gotta understand, Phil Heath is a gift, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's a gift. It's a gift of God. If Phil he get into that, man, everybody gotta kiss the game goodbye. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Man, open ain't nobody being Phil, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You ain't, I hear you, I hear you. You, know, I mean, you ain't being the man, the man. You know what I mean? Same people just got the gift for winning. And, and the gift and the discipline and the desire to win. You know what I mean? Like, look at how many opportunities give a lot of people to become champion when he stepped back down. You understand what I'm saying? And Brennan Curry, Brennan Curry, is, you know what I'm saying? He have a good frame and stuff like that. But even with me right now, if I, if I train, it's going it to be a hell of a show for them. You know what I mean? It's going to be a hell of a show. The only person I probably worry about on stage, I ain't going to lie to you, is, is going to be Phil Heat. It's the only person. Because he, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a gift. It's different for a gift and different for a talent. 
You know what I mean? Talent, you got he got talent, he got gifted, he got discipline. You can't beat that. He gotta be slacking to beat that. That's why Kyle couldn't beat him. Kyle was great. You know what I'm saying? Kyle, my boy, Kyle, Kyle had every tools, but that little genetically. Yeah. Huh? And genetically. the reason why uh, 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 Sean Ronnie probably won, because he was chasing and, and, and Sean won and Big Phil and, and, and what's the name? Uh Ronnie. Not, uh, not, uh, what's the name? Uh Big Big Big, Big Ramy. Yeah. Big Ramy, right? Because Phil was chasing Big Ramy. You a champion. You don't need to chase nobody. You know what I'm saying? A champion, people gotta chase you. You don't need to change nothing. All you gotta do is just come. How you came and doubled up. Then they changed everything. So if Big Ramy came in with size and came closer to you, when he came closer to him, he came second. We year was that 2017 or 18? Where Big Ramy? Yeah, I think 18. 18 when he came closer to oh, Phil. 17, 17. Yeah, you're right. 17. 17 when he came closer to him in 2018, he start chasing him now. Don't chase him. Mm. So now, Sean Roddy kept consistent. He never changed. He never changed nothing. Or he keep getting sharp. Mm -hmm. He keep getting tighter. So now, if you ch if the champion chasing somebody, and Sean just creeping up, now you ain't seeing it coming. That's your reason. So now, if Phil he go back to the drawing board where he started and everything that he believed in, when he become a champion all this time, he just got to tap into that spirit. And tie into that and understand, like, yo, I'm the champ. You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't mm -hmm. be changing nothing. Gotcha, man. All right, all right, champ, lastly, so what, you know, what can people expect from you? When is the fight going to be confirmed, do you think? And when do you think you're actually going to fight in the ring? So right now, I give myself right to December. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So because if, if we if we have, when the fight happened, we need 10 weeks. So right now, we, we, we training. We training every day. And right now, I'm, since then, I've been doing strength training too. I've been adding strength because I lost a lot of strength. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When I dropped 50 pounds, because I was doing a lot of running, I was juicing a lot, drinking a lot of, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying, a lot of kales, you know what I mean? Juicing, mm -hmm. some, blending it up a lot. And we're just doing salmon, asparagus, and juicing. So I, I dropped the weight to be lighter, to be faster, because muscle, muscle don't win fight. Muscle don't wait fight. You know what I'm saying? Don't go in there thinking because you got muscle, you can fight. After three, two, two minutes, that muscle going to weigh that on you and somebody going to beat the shit. So, you know what I'm saying? So, knowing that I had to do a lot of footwork, I had to run a lot, train a lot. Everything I have to do, it got to be an hour plus cardio. Hour plus. You know what I mean? And and that's what I'm doing, building that condition. You know what I mean? Building that condition and the, and the endurance. Then after that, start getting conditioned for the rank level. So it's a whole different stage when you jump in that ring, moving around. That's a whole different conditioning for the ring. You know what I mean? Getting hit at the same time responding when you get hit. Getting hit. So so now we built all these spots now. So now we're getting conditioning for the rank now. So I would give myself 10 weeks, 10 weeks, 10 weeks, you know what I mean? 10 weeks. When it's starting date, if we find if we find a fight, 
It will be 10 weeks after that. But people, definitely people are going to know what we do. I can't wait to see you know it, man. That's, that's going to be, be huge. I told, I, told, I, told, I told Generation I ain't going to cover the whole thing. So we started journey. You know what I mean? We're going to call mm -hmm. you guys and be like, yo, we got a date. So y'all gotta cover off from day one all the way Definitely. to the end, the end of the week. It's, you know what I mean? Let people know and see the process and stuff like that. Visit GenerationIron.com for even more GI exclusive content on all things bodybuilding, fitness, combat, and strength sports. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are downloaded.